1: This is Flyperbole with Steve Jacot and Craig Forsyth. Who hope that if Tom Wilson gets a day with the Stanley Cup and he doesn't take it back home to visit his parents on Garbage Island. There's going to be a riot
0: tonight! Riot!
1: <laughs> like, that kind of shit.
0: Fight fight, fight! fight! Scoring goals! Yeah, exactly. Like, just fucking Blair, like, Hale and an ACDC and call it a deck. Like, you know, it doesn't need to be... It doesn't need to be, it's like... Simple, stupid. The provoking shit. Just Blair, for whom the bell tolls, and call it a night. Like, it will after get fucked. back to fucking playing Van
1: Halen after goals, and...
0: Uh, great. I... I love... I, that was... Really, I think that's my favorite goal song of theirs, ever, was the, um... And you're talking about love, the hey hey hey, like that was the, oh yeah, it that was, was awesome. The best goal song I think they've ever had because it, well, it was unique and you could actually like yell to it. So,
1: oh yeah, you want something you can yell to, and it's got a killer guitar riff. And hey, come on, what else do you need?
0: Uh, nothing. But nothing. Apparently, but... you need some crazy MDZ like DJ sample thing. <laughs>
1: you need you need the most generic rock song of today going like fight, fight fight it's going to be a fight a dog fight in the pit
0: legal dog fights with michael Vick. fights was that their... I don't even remember what the I don't even know what their goal song is they're just tuning out now
1: uh, I think it's it's probably just like. Four yeah. goals, and then you know sometimes they'll I, put on what's what's this? They'll do uh the chicken dance. I guess
0: oh uh, yeah, people get chicken biscuits. Oh, well, right? yeah, they will. They get yeah. the four goals, and then uh, Chick Fil A hands out like chicken sandwiches and hand jobs. where I think once they get four goals in a home game.
1: You know, a, a shout out to our, our lovely sponsors at Chick Fil A. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they chi- always missing out on my chicken biscuit. The day after a goal, because I'm not going to Chick-fil-A before 10 a.m. But yeah, eh, yeah nobody's just how it is
0: That like that. I'm surprised they're open that early. And then also, like, I went to Subway the other day. Not to brag. Uh, and they <laughs> real humble brag <laughs> yeah, here. Not to fucking show off here. And like, I I was looking at uh, when I was ordering my uh, shitty sandwich, I was looking at what time they opened up. and It's at 8 a.m. I'm like, who the fuck even thinks of like, who's like at 930? You're like, man. I gotta eat fresh. I gotta get in line and just eat it up right now. Like, what do you get in Subway before, I don't know, 1130? Like, is it any?
1: Do they have eggs? Like, powder I, eggs? I think they
0: have breakfast shit, but, like, there's so many other options. Like, what? Like, what?
1: <laughs> That's Subway's entire conundrum is, there's so many other options.
0: Yeah, like, <laughs> like even, yeah, exactly. For lunch, even, it's, like, you can go, get a sandwich, uh, you can get a sandwich literally anywhere yeah i I go there at a convenience for work because the other places are like like I can't eat at McDonald's every day, and uh you know good
1: luck trying, good luck trying
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm like, well, wawa is fine, but i I think health subway is technically a little healthier, maybe, maybe not
1: i'm I'm going wawa every day.
0: Yeah, I know. Every, I, all day, every day. Well, Wawa, though, too, for me, is like the not... I started going to the Primo's hogies a lot, too, which is... Well, I mean, come fucking, on. Fucking Christ almighty. That's, yeah, that's far and away the leader. I went there today, actually. I was pretty pumped. Um, but, like, uh, Wawa, I think I get a lot at night, like, when I know I'm not going to be, like, doing anything, and I'm really... Also, they're open all night. Yeah. I'm, like, up all tired Like, during the season whenever there was a Flyers game on, I knew I wasn't doing anything for dinner i just go there and get a sandwich, put it in the fridge, and then pass out and wake up and eat during like the first period. So it was uh, it's pretty golden. But, like, you know, I can't eat. Wa- I can't really eat.
1: Hoagie Fest is here again.
0: Can't eat
1: <laughs> delights.
0: <laughs> when is Hoagie Fest? When is the World Cup? I don't even care about the World Cup. Isn't it starting soon, though? It is
1: starting soon because the resonant soccer hooligan at my job has taken off for the... A week or two for the world cup uh this is a, a this is a gentleman who perhaps a month into the job when the world cup pairings is that the correct term oh. the world cup seedings were announced yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so uh, this was announced and he was watching it we have a, a bunch of TVs in our office and he was watching it rapt attention totally into it and it, we have a very quiet office and all of a sudden he starts like clapping and like going, yeah, yeah. Cause he's a big England fan and he was very happy about their grouping. England. grouping that's what Is I'm saying. Is he
0: from for. England?
1: Yes. He grew up in England okay, for, for like a decade. All right. Okay, great. But it's a quiet office and he's like hooting and hollering. And he actually like jumped up in the air. So excited. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a, it's like 1030 in the morning.
0: Yeah, and the fucking World Cup is still months away. I remember that thing because I remember like on Twitter for like the updates for the uh.
1: It's groupings. It's not even a goal.
0: Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, like when USA was in it a couple years ago, I remember watching it or like uh, seeing the updates and just being like, "Well, they're fucked" because they were in uh, who's group? They were in um, like Portugal, England, and somebody else, I think. And they're just pretty much thought that was it.
1: Yeah, that's a- Those are indeed countries around the world.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like, a fucking other... Oh, man, yeah, I can imagine... I thought he was just being like the typical uh, loud guy at a place that needs to be recognized for his fandom. Like, you know when you go... Uh, you-, you probably don't have to do this because you've always been lucky enough to live like in Philadelphia, but like I used to go to Buffalo Wild Wings, or- and I still do whenever I'm home. It's like watch games or like watch Eagles games, but like... You know, sometimes we go there. I just remember, I think like the last time I went for an Eagles game, uh, there was some guy in a Buffalo Bills jersey, like a Kiko Alonso jersey, like two years ago. And like, oh boy! Each time the Bills, like I don't know, broke up a pass from the Dolphins, he'd be like, "Oh fuck yeah!" and like just screaming, like <laughs> clap a lot. And it's just him, not like a table full of people, just like him. And, like banging the table and stuff. It's like, dude, we get it. We do like the Bills. Like, congratulations for. Liking sports you're <laughs> in the unique field of people that like sports. We're all very proud of you. You don't need to draw. Well, attention.
1: Nobody's quite like Bill's mafia out there who love to smash into burning tables. As yeah, well, that is true. Chances they get a year.
0: Yeah. So they, yeah. Bill's mafia is like, like I I, I kind of wonder what it's like being a sports fan in Buffalo. And by kind of depressing, yeah, know, it's kind of what I mean, it's got to be depressing as fuck. Cause you gotta watch the Sabres now. Which is terrible. And also just the bills that get like their shit pushed in every single year by the Patriots. So that can't be funny either.
1: This is what it's like being a sports fan in Buffalo. You're actually envious
0: of Cleveland. That is true. Yeah. Cleveland has won something recently. I was like watching these finals too. you just like it's just insane that like Cleveland finally gets like a team that consistently goes to the finals. And they just end up playing the greatest basketball team in history. <laughs> right, right. For like half a day. This is four straight years now. They fared off for the fucking finals. So like if they had, they just played like another random team from the West. They probably, probably would have taken them another one. Maybe, maybe all four. But like, like this is just, it's obnoxious. And they're going to, I mean, they're going to fucking lose this game too, it looks like. Probably. I can't get over that JR thing still.
1: Oh, yeah. A- in game one, just hilarious because yeah. it wasn't my team that did it.
0: And... Oh, oh, my God. Can you imagine if that was a like just anything for the Flyers of Eagles? I, I think I would have killed myself.
1: Well, that had to be the quickest response time for something to become a full blown meme was the LeBron arms outstretched. Yeah. Screaming that uh, it's a tie game.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that was an instinct classic that. uh. <laughs> That's what I mean. You can between use that.
1: that and Tom Brady, uh in the Super Bowl. Either missing the ball or sitting depressed.
0: Oh my god. That I want the Tom Brady sitting depressed on my uh on my headstone. Like I just you know, Craig Forsyth, nineteen eighty nine to twenty nineteen, hopefully. And they just put that picture of Tom Brady on there. <laughs> 2019 after the Caps won their second straight. So that'll be my uh
1: is that what your prediction is now? Because the caps are over the hump. It's just dynasty time.
0: <laughs> yeah, like this is like them being the Penguins launchers. The caps were just like, all right, boys, let's rack up these titles now. We got the confidence. Well, they, man, like I, am obviously, we might as well get into it. We might as well get yeah, into it. I'm, the
1: actual hockey talk on this podcast. Because
0: I don't think there's going to be a ton today. Yeah, there's probably not a lot. But I, I will have to say, I've been. Obviously, I've been kicking and screaming the whole time, but, like, the the Caps are going to do it now. And I'm not even saying that as, like, a... Like, this... They're a different team this year. Like, they've done so many anti-Caps things this season. Like, any other Caps team, A, would have lost the Penguins. Uh, B, they would have lost to the... I mean, they would have lost to the Blue Jackets the way they started off that series. And then also, against the Lightning, once they went down 3-2, to two, they would have lost... They would have just lost Game 6 there. Like, it's they're not they're not the same caps they're like they're just also defensively become monsters in the postseason and this was i was telling you this before the show and i, I was looking it up like god because i downplayed this team a lot this year i was like this is let not feel like the same caps team but i guess you know take off some pressure from them and kind of put in more role players that are defensively responsible they uh i guess they kind of run shit and this is and that's what happened this year but when you look at the regular season, uh, the expected goals for percentage during the regular season was 46.88, which will put them 24th in the league between the Rangers and Islanders, who are both, you know, not great in terms of possession. And in the playoffs, they're 50.98, which is fifth out of all 16 teams, which is pretty good. And then like the uh, big deal that they always talk about in the broadcast are shot, are the uh, the team's ability to block shots. Which is pretty evident, and Holby has made some ridiculous saves. Obviously, you know, made the save, uh, but it hasn't been—he hasn't really stolen a game for him. Uh, and you can you can tell that with the expected goals against per sixty uh, during the postseason is one point nine nine, which would have been, which is third in the postseason. They would have been one of two teams throughout the entire regular season to have like under two goals against per or expected goals against per sixty with the Wild. So, like, they were just behind the Wild in the same rate that the Wild had during the regular season. And during the regular season, they were tied for 26 with a 2.56. Like, they were a team that just gave up a lot of chances throughout the year. <laughs> so, it's just – they became a completely I, – I guess once the postseason started, they are like, all right, you guys want to play defense now? Let's, uh, let's just take away the slot. And we'll just shut it down. Just not get the other team any chances. Also, Holpe became – it's become a, I mean, I, I guess he – is just a benefactor of the team in front of room because he went from nine oh seven in the regular season to a uh, nine twenty three save percentage in the postseason, high danger save percentage, which I think was a big argument for why Rubauer should have been starting at the uh, begin the postseason. Uh, I hope he had a uh, seven sixty nine high danger save percentage during the regular season, very nice, uh, and then in the postseason he had an eight <laughs> fifty one. So like everything, like the. The three arguments against why they probably weren't gonna go far this postseason, they just all turn on their heads and the, they just changed it during their run. So like you can't like during the I mean obviously the Penguins runs were a lot worse because it was the Penguins, but like <coughs> you look at like that, I mean that Penguins run last year was annoying for a lot of reasons, but like the caps haven't had the caps have gotten any breaks or gotten lucky this year it's kind of like banked up good luck that they've deserved for the last decade after all the shit they've kind of like gone through. Like they just, these caps teams for the last bunch of years have just been kind of unlucky. And like the James Neal miss and game, like the last game kind of lucky. I mean, James Neal just fucking missed it, which also if we want to talk about joining the uh, Tampa Bay lightning on my shit list, uh, Mark Andre Fleur and James Neal are, are right up there now. So, James Neal. Uh, James Neal's biggest accomplishments in the postseason are uh, just knocking out Drew and Katori on the same shift. That's pretty much his biggest claim to fame. <laughs> and then also just losing to the Penguins last year in the Cup, and now he's going to lose to the Caps in the Cup this year. And then Flurry last year helping the Penguins to a Cup. And uh, and then this year, uh, shit in the bed at the right time. Let the, the Caps do the thing. But, uh. Yeah, like they, I mean, they've, I mean, this has just been a hell of a run for the Capitals. It's really, really, it, really what it is. No luck. They just just fucking kill teams. I mean, they ran over the lightning They went to seven games, but they still just. They, they pretty much just killed them every game, except for like game five or whatever. So.
1: Yeah. And I, I just, it's kind of stunning that the Caps are here on the brink of actually doing it, actually yeah. winning that cup. And, uh, you know, we were talking about it before the series. This is kind of not quite the worst result that could have happened. But as far as out of the final four goes, not what we wanted.
0: Oh, yeah, no, no. I think even from like uh, like these finals have been they've been pretty entertaining more or less, but like I just want to see lightning jets just because no rooting interest. I think it would have been more high-flying of a series. I think there would have been a lot more skill top-to-bottom in that series. And just... I think it would have been... Like, even if you don't... Like, for people that are just tuned to the Cup Final, I guess, because it's... The finals. Like, it it would have just been a really entertaining series. Uh, Like, this series, though, has been pretty good. And had a lot of close games. Game 1 was nuts. Um, I think the probably game through is the least exciting one for that was just because the, the Caps just took out the, the Golden Knights. Like, just took them out of the game offensively. They didn't have a lot of chances all around. Um, but, yeah, the, I mean, <laughs> I can't... Yeah, just ca- Penguins back-to-back years, and then the Caps this year, so I can't... Apparently, we're just going to have to go through every, like, painstaking team. Well, this fire. is
1: essentially early 90s early to mid nineties Eagles, right? Where the, the Eagles had to deal with the, oh, the Giants, Washington. The kids the the giants. Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
0: <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of really painful seasons. Cause I mean, get knocked out by the penguins this year. The caps win two years ago. They got knocked out by the Caps. The penguins win. Penguins also win another cup in between during a pretty frustrating regular season where the flyers, underlying numbers support it that they should have been in the postseason and they just didn't make it because of goaltending and then uh, I mean I don't know like I I wonder I wonder who's next like are, are the Islanders close like is is this whole Lou Lamarillo thing gonna turn around and they're gonna go in well the yeah. <laughs>
1: you know that's a, that's a good transition point there because yeah, the Islanders made
0: kind of a, a huge move this week yeah a gigantic move that I honestly Never thought it was gonna come. Like I can't believe they actually like they actually fired him. Uh, they fired Gar Snow and Doug Waite. I think end of an
1: era. Yeah. Not a very good era, but an era. <laughs> no, I mean, better than the Mike Milberry era, yeah. that's for sure.
0: Which isn't, you know, it's not saying too much, but uh, I did I, like I think Doug Waite... Uh, he was there for like a season and a half, right? Like he i think that was more just the whole attempt to clear house there, but like Gar snow man he I felt like he had run his course for well, obviously I'm not the only one, but he had run his course for years now, like there was no reason he should have still been i like he he made some smart moves, like the the Nick Letty and Johnny Boychuk moves to get them from the the Bruins and the Blackhawks were both pretty crafty uh the felt like the the Kuhlman and uh Grabowski deals were kind of crazy and I like both those players but like there was just like way too much term and uh like money for those two guys and like the Andrew ladge another guy that I like and like was a fine signing but like he just not worth that much money uh and just everything else he did, like he just had a lot of other questionable moves it's uh I wonder what, what do you think Lou's gonna do? You think he's gonna actually make this team better? Because he, I, it seemed like he did pretty good with the Leafs. Although I mean, there's a lot going on there between uh, Shanahan and uh, Dubas. They can't really, uh, can't really, I guess, directly credit any one guy with any kind of transaction that happened during that regime. But they did. So,
1: first of all, Lou immediately brought in his son, right? Nothing like a little nepotism first thing in the
0: morning. (laughs) Yeah. Nothing like it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So Lou certainly got a great reputation around the league, right? He's got a great reputation. He's a well-known guy, but really the big thing it's going to come down to is can he bring John Tavares back? If he can't bring John Tavares back and certainly seeing the coach and GM fired immediately is not exactly the most inspiring thing, but you never know. Maybe he wanted them gone, but uh, it's, uh, if he can't bring John Tavares back, that team's going to have some building to do. I mean, Barzal's very good. There's some nice pieces, but I would not consider this a team that is like knocking on the Penguins and Capitals doors by any means.
0: Yeah. I, I think if I'm an Owners fan, I think my biggest argument for like if you were in the boat to keep Tavares, which obviously you are, would just be look, yeah, Barzal he's young and he's already going to be, looks like, Pretty promising bet he's going to be an elite player. And you just got rid of a GM who seemed pretty incompetent. And I I think he liked Doug White, though. It sounded like he wanted Doug White to return. So I I wonder if that's going to put a hindrance on him coming back. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I I think him and Lou Limerick also have tied. I saw something about him and Lou Lamarillo being tight when he played for the London Knights and they used to talk a lot or something back then. I don't know. Like, this feels like it could be a hire. Because Lou Lamarillo does seem to do damage when he is um, in the front office, but also just the fact that... Did damage in a good way, I guess. But also just the fact that maybe he kind of has a personal relationship with Tavares and might be able to actually keep him uh, with the team. I, I still think Tavares just probably stayed because... Hockey players are dumb and loyal, rather than going out and <laughs> getting paid. Like he, after sure. everything
1: that this franchise Stamcos effect.
0: Yeah, after everything that this franchise has done for him, he's gonna, like, he's just gonna, uh, just gonna stay around during this other rebuild and miss out on more, more of his prime seasons. To, uh, to I don't know, you'd he, he have to pay. He's gonna get paid a ton no matter what. But oh, sure, every team. Why wants not? To. Yeah, like why not just just go somewhere else? There's so many other teams. So many other There's teams. So that many have teams. space, already like ready to contend. Also, most importantly, if you're listening, John, which I know you are, a fan of the show, go west. If you're not coming to Philly, go west. Just go with like Winnipeg or
1: get the As- hell out of the East, yeah. please, please.
0: If you go to the Penguins, I swear to Christ, John.
1: If he go to the oh, well. pe- if the Penguins can like, uh, if Rutherford somehow manages to get rid of uh, his 92-point-a-season Kessel oh, yeah, problem.
0: Whole, yeah, that whole problem, right? Like, that whole thing... And this is problem in quotes, you know, yeah. you can't
1: see air quotes over the uh, over audio.
0: Yeah, that's a... That's an interesting dynamic, too, because, unfortunately, it kind of... I guess it kind of... cements that maybe there was something wrong in Toronto. But, like... Because, like, that's not a thing where if it seemed like it was going pretty well with Pittsburgh, you know, the first couple of years when he was there. And I mean, even with, well, Just this, a
1: couple of cups, one, you know, no big deal.
0: Yeah. No big deal. And he also, I mean, he had fucking 92 points this year. So it felt like this year was a bad year, but I, yeah, they're talking about like his relationship with Sullivan and everything, but I think he, they all have to kind of suck it up. Cause the big reason why they've been dominating is a uh, power, like their power play over the last couple of years. And, he led the league in power play points this year, I believe. So he's... Power
1: play and scoring death. The, the scoring death is just everything with that team. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Jake Gensel uh, going off. Uh, yeah. And guys,
1: <laughs> well, no, it's like uh, Crosby can play with two guys. It doesn't matter who it is. He's going to make them into superstars that they'll trade for too much. And then, uh, You've got Malkin, and you you can sometimes have Kessel on the third line, and that's just crazy. Yeah, they
0: yeah they, had, yeah, they had Kessel yeah Kessel is a third line player that puts up a ton of power play points. Is I I know he costs a lot, but it's also just a thing. I think they were talking about possibly having Daniel Sprong come in and be like the guy that fills in for him. Which first of all, it's a lot to put on a player in his first year in the league, but also at the same time, like just don't trade well I want you I want the Penguins to trade cuts honestly because I feel like that will be because they're like the five and five numbers I think got better this year but during the 2017 postseason they were not like even this postseason I think they weren't too great which is why they they got knocked out like they just rely a lot on the power play and it's so good that they once they get those opportunities in the postseason it doesn't matter they're gonna they're gonna put in one or two each game and it's going to be, it's going to make each game competitive. So
1: Kessel for Ryan Reeves, straight up. Who says no?
0: Kessel on a first for Ryan Reeves. Ryan.
1: Oh yeah, of course. Man, I grit, hustle, heart, what more he asked for?
0: There's a lot. And I put down the Gallant quote that I wanted to talk about, but man, just the idea of like David Perron sitting for Ryan Reeves and Perron, I, he hasn't scored this post do something like that, and still though, like, like what is, like, what is Ryan Reeves doing for you? Like, the grit, art is, it, heart, is to make sure that toughness. It, if Tom Wilson is going to run people, which he still is, and he did, he already has like the series. Like, is it so soon
1: to be overpaid, Tom Wilson?
0: Yeah. Is it so that Ryan Reeves can eventually beat the Shadow of him? Like, what's the what's the end game? Like, there's no point, there's no point to having him in the lineup. He's not going to – oh, I'm not going to say that. He actually has scored some goals this postseason. But this has just been a postseason of just random dudes scoring. Him, Tom Wilson, Devontae Smith-Pelly, just all racking up goals because why not? Because who, who even cares, Steve? It doesn't matter. Sports are yeah. bad. <laughs> no, sports aren't terrible. I was thinking about, you know, after the Caps do this, uh, I think I might just change my uh, – just change my entire approach. Like, make it, uh, just talk about like, uh, home decor and like gardening. Just plants are good. Plants. So
1: you can talk about that. I'll talk about the movies I've seen and go yeah. from there.
0: <laughs> just me posting pictures of like potted plants, being like, look at these flowers. <laughs> look at this flower bed. Look at what we did in this backyard. Just like pictures. You
1: know, the, uh, the tomatoes sure are coming in nice this year.
0: <laughs> just like pictures of me and like, like a collared shirt tucked in the jean, and she's bending over near like garden, smiling, just like now
1: <laughs> Look at this gang! It's it's jalapeno season. It's <laughs> an extra spicy post. Am I right?
0: <laughs> Me husking corn next to a lake. <laughs> Welcome in the plants are awesome. This is this is correct for us. Uh. Some people
1: might say it's corny, but I love corn.
0: Oh God! But uh, all right, sports are bad uh, that's or, uh, corn
1: is good. <laughs> corn.
0: <laughs> I feel like as soon as I do that, somebody's going to take sports or bad though. I feel like, Oh hundred percent. Yeah. Sports I've all or
1: bad is getting snatched up in seconds. Yeah. You have to squat on that.
0: Yeah. The, the,
1: Protect your brand.
0: I have done almost everything in my life incorrectly, except for that, that, uh, that handle. I think that was the only thing I've done right in my life. Everything else has just been a, uh, Just a complete shit show, and just beautiful contradictions, and just nothing done correctly except for that handle. So I think I got to keep that. The Gerard Galan quote that I wanted to talk about, though. You ready? It's a long one. And this was like news like two weeks ago, but I I think I think he said it like the day after we uh, we recorded.
1: Would you like me to read it, or would you like to read it?
0: You can. You can read it.
1: All right, I'm going to take a crack at this. There it's a game of mistakes. You're not going to be perfect every time you're on the ice. And then when mistakes happen, you forget about them and you move on. You can go over that game, game three of the conference finals. And there's not one player on the ice who didn't make mistakes last night. Like I said, they'll own up to their mistakes, but they don't have to. That's part of the game, part of our game. You make mistakes, you move on, you play the next shift, and you hope you make some good plays. Those guys are accountable guys, and they work hard, and they don't got to apologize to me. They just got to go out and play their game and get better every shift they can do. You got out there, and if you worry about making mistakes, you're not going to play a good game. I want you going out there and thinking you're going to make the good plays, do the right things on the ice. So don't worry about your mistakes. So Craig, I, I've got a takeaway from this and uh excuse me if I've got the wrong takeaway, but uh mistakes happen and pobody's perfect.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nicely done. Yeah, uh pobody's perfect and also just like who what coach do you think I I put down this quote because who do you think would not be saying this type of thing to their team?
1: Would not be saying this? Yeah. Well I'm assuming you're going for Dave Haxtell.
0: yeah, I don't think Dave I don't think this is a Dave Haxtell philosophy at all, like I think uh, you know is...
1: you know who else I can imagine saying or not saying this is John Tortorella,
0: oh, well, yeah, yeah, Tortorella just, just be like,
1: yeah, y'all screwed up. What are you gonna do to make up for it?
0: <laughs> Go block some shots, just yelling about his dogs. what whatever fuck John Tortorella does. I don't even know, but yeah, that's I mean, this is a. Uh... It's just something that I, I feel like you just, I, and you know, like the the Knights run. H- how do you feel about the Knights run? Do you think this was? I mean, I don't think it's. They're not going to be back here next year. I don't think. No. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs next year. I think they're this year's Senators that just got it for like a, a round further.
1: I oh, I couldn't agree more with that assessment. They've had insane goaltending, absolutely insane goaltending from Andre Flurry. Yeah. So and. You know, they've they've been fast for sure, but it's just not a consistent model. And it's going to be pretty funny when a lot of these guys get some pretty nice contracts out of this. I'm looking at you, James Neal, and it's they're just stuck with them for a while. I mean, they've got plenty of cap space, but a lot of guys are going to get oversigned this year.
0: Yeah. Well, also, it's just like McPhee had the, the clean slate this year and he. I mean, he's already starting to make some questionable moves. Uh, Tom Tatar is a guy who's often scratcher at this postseason. They gave up three picks for him, including a first. So, I uh, maybe they're just going to have like this one run that just uh, kind of holds off their uh, their expansion team uh, like pain in the beginning. Like this, like the year one was a really nice run, and then you're going to have like four or five years of being the expansion team that everybody expected. And they're just going to be at the bottom of the league now. And this year it was just like one crazy fluke run. Uh, I was thinking about, like, cause I heard a couple people usually reference the Panthers for this team because I mean it was hot goaltending. The expansion team got pretty far that nobody expected. Gerard Gallant. Gerard Gallant, yeah. And I, I was looking up. I was trying to do like a, a game for like expansion draft, uh, like teams in the playoffs this year, but I, I could only think of a couple questions. But uh, one, all of them I was looking up was that postseason run with uh, Van Beachbrook posted a 9.32, save percentage, I believe. Do you know who the leading goal scorer on that team was? Okay, so we're talking... 1995-96. Okay. Um,
1: oh, we were talking about the expansion Panthers, not the Panthers from a couple years ago. Okay, okay, so Gallant, obviously not accurate, but a uh, leading goal scorer?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Would that be uh, a guy we mentioned on our last recording?
0: I thought that. Not even close. There were like five guys in front of him. All right. Let me just. Melon Bay had nine points. Uh, Ray Shepard had 16. There's so many above him. And I, I would be very surprised if he got it. There's also a bunch of former Flyers on that team, which we can.
1: That's what I was trying to think of, to be honest, is uh, all the former Flyers. But, I, yeah, I'm going to blank on this. Who who was it?
0: Dave Laurie. Yeah, I don't even know who that is. I don't know either. Actually, i got to look up to make sure it's not a former Flyer either. But uh, I, I don't think so, but I, who knows? Yeah, I don't think so either. But uh, So Van Beesbrook and Mellenby. There are a couple other ones. Um, there was uh, Gord Murphy.
1: It is, of course, worth noting that uh, Van Beesbrook would become a Flyer after yeah, uh, his stint with Florida.
0: Right, right, right. Yeah, you, we're on this timeline that we're looking at. He's a former flyer. <laughs> uh, well, I think same with... Time is a flat circle, correct? Yeah, I think same with uh, t- uh, Jody Hall, actually. Jody Hall, who's a former flyer.
1: Oh, the legendary. Yeah. the le- le- Why did I say it like that? Legendary. <laughs> Ooh, the,
0: legendary. legendary Jody Hall. Who, uh, I'm pretty sure... One of
1: the worst flyers of all time.
0: Absolutely. Ooh, I'm pretty sure was the same path of uh, he joined the... The Flyers after that run, because I remember him being on the Cup team, not Cup team. One of the ones that went to the Cup in '97. Uh, and then uh, Terry Carkner, who was the stay-at-home defenseman, pretty physical for the. I think he actually was a former Flyer at the time too. But uh, yeah, those were uh, those were random facts you did not need to know about the 1996 Panthers run. So you're welcome, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that. <laughs> Part of the thing I looked up. Oh, also, what was the other thing? Uh, I think the only other there's only been one other team that's gone to the Cup Final in their first year of existence, than an expansion team. Do you know who that was? Uh,
1: cup Final, first year of existence, expansion team? Yeah. I know I, I saw this stat somewhere, and I'm not remembering who it is.
0: They went their first three years, if that helps jog the memory at all.
1: First three years expansion team. Uh, are we talking like 60s yep. expansion? Yep. Okay.
0: They're part of the next six, yeah. Uh,
1: was it... Don't mercilessly mock me if I, I get this wrong, but is it St. Louis? Yep.
0: No, St. Louis. Okay. Yeah. Uh, they lost to the Canadians twice, and they lost to the Bruins in 1970. They also have not been back since. So there you go.
1: <laughs> and they're not going to get just, there anytime soon with uh, you know, Braden Shen.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Braden
1: Shen, <laughs> you know, not not good, <laughs> not, not good at hockey. That Braden Shen. He, yeah. Just the worst.
0: Yeah, I totally have Gory the Terror instead of him on my team. I did. Like, I think also the thing with that playoff format was, is they weren't really that great. It was just they. So they had 12 teams, and I'm pretty sure they set it up where the six, uh, original six teams were in the one division, and then the six new expansion teams were in the other division, and they had to play each other throughout the playoffs. And that's how they get. Like, they were the best at the expansion teams, and that's why they made it to the finals those first three years. And then I think after that, the, the league was like, all right, we can't, we got to stop this. <laughs> then they, I think they switched up after that. I failed to look up the rest of those finals after uh, 71 and everything. Uh, I think those were the only couple questions I got in there, though. So you're welcome for the uh, for that whole run. Did you see the thing about TJ Yoshi riding the Metro? And how uh, if they... Uh, what was they the, the deal with that?
1: What was the deal with that? <laughs> What's the
0: deal? He just rides the Metro to the game, him and Matt Niskanen. And uh, he's seems to be getting more love for it, mainly because I think he's... American hero and everything. Uh, and also the met like the Metro tweeted at him that if they win, they're going to make a card for him, like his own like kind of card, which is pretty neat. But I, I think that's like, I feel like that's one of those stories too that just goes on with like a team that it's going to be like one of those backstories that people talk about like years later, just Oshie riding the Metro to the cup like that. Trot's his hot lap, um, like just things like that. This team, yeah, I mean, they caps got in the bag. There's no chance they blow this. I think it's a, I think it's a done deal, Steven. They might lose Game Five. Maybe, uh, but I feel like has just lost his, uh, lost his guy-like status. Like once James Neal missed that shot, I, I, I thought the series was over. Oh yeah, because you know that. W- would he yeah, Carter it? That, is what you're saying? Oh, baby. Did he her it? I think he, he hit the... Did he hit the post? I don't even know. I just knew he missed. I couldn't believe he missed. <laughs> then, like, I just didn't want to watch a replay after that. And then once the Caps scored, like, I don't know, two minutes after that? Because the, the Knights were actually taking it to them. The the Knights have held, like, a territorial advantage, I guess. Like, they have more shot attempts and everything, but the Caps have held... A pretty big advantage in terms of like expected goals for and like actual scoring chances and everything, but like during that that first period, at the knights the knights were pushing there. If they had just gotten a goal, I think I think it would have been a completely different game. Would have been a completely different series, but you know they did not, as we all know. <laughs> so nope, that they did not. Um, yeah. yeah. So what what do you think is going to be the the most memorable thing about this series? years from now i i feel like the save is just going to be the thing that people talk about for years oh sure it's probably i mean
1: the first thing will probably be the fact that you know vegas made it in their first year yeah but as far as actual like play of the series goes yeah that, that save is really the key factor
0: yeah and if you know if game five or six is a close one whatever game winning goal that uh the Cavs provide the eventually win it, but yeah, I think the saves for yeah, the, actually the biggest takeaway is probably going to be the Knights doing doing what they did, and also probably the Cavs finally being a, a team that was able to uh, just get over the hump and do it. They they're doing it in a year where nobody i I don't remember seeing anybody expecting them to do it. I, I think like Dave Loza probably said it, and that was about it. Just saying that it was the Cavs' year and they were going to do it. But I, I think it just shows that, uh, and, and the Caps are doing it in a different way than the Penguins. Penguins are all about speed, and the Caps are more about a couple of really skilled guys, and then shot blocking. Shot blocking and just role players coming through. I guess that's, uh, uh and, and also I, I think it's worth noting that Hope is actually making saves this postseason because I mean they've had. They they did pretty well against the Penguins last year in terms of territory play and every, territorial play and everything and just hope he couldn't fucking stop a beach ball and now now they're helping him shot uh, blocking shots and everything and he's actually making the saves he needs to make. And then also providing some heroic saves every once in a while. But that hasn't he hasn't really stolen a game. It's just been kind of the Cavs pushing playing, dominating and uh he makes the saves he needs to make, so yeah. So
1: Craig, uh, kind of based on what we were asking before this round, you know, we said that Ovechkin would most likely be the the MVP candidate if the Caps were to win. Yeah. Are you sticking with that, or you think somebody else at this point?
0: I feel like it's either going to be Ovechkin or Chris Natsof. I feel like Ovechkin's going to win it though, because it's Ovechkin. Like I, I feel like it's the. I feel like it's the, the voters' worst nightmare because it's two Russian guys, and they're not going to they're gonna be like, well, can we pretend one of them's Canadian? Or, like, what's the deal? Like, do we have to. But they're going to probably go with Ovechkin <laughs> just because he's been there. He's been there longer, and he is also. Like, I think Kuznetsov has a, an advantage in points right now. I actually don't even know how many points either of them have, but Ovechkin's had. I, I don't know. Ovechkin's been the guy for a bunch of years in DC. I think it's just going to be a. It's just gonna be a congrats, I'm finally doing it kind of thing. <laughs> Unless cause Net's, Nets
1: off has thirty one points, Ovechkin's got twenty six. Okay. Uh Ovechkin does have fourteen goals though.
0: Yeah. And he's had a couple goals in the or he has one at least in the final.
1: Well and as we know, Craig, assists aren't points. Goals are points.
0: Yeah, yeah, we all know that. Yeah, we all know that. It's a fact. Yeah, it's a fact. <laughs> Uh, so I think unless Kuznetsov has like another monster game or Holpie has like a gigantic shutout where they get massively outplayed, I think I would assume it's a Ovechkin, right? Be. I feel like it's got to be Ovechkin.
1: You never know, but yeah, Ovechkin is. seems like the likely candidate.
0: Yeah, and I mean,
1: when in doubt, give the, it to the bigger name. Yeah, and
0: also there was like the idea that if uh, the Knights could still lose and it could still go to. It could still get a flurry, but that's going on out the fucking window. I think Flurry's at like what eight forty-seven. He's at something really bad for this series. Uh, so that's that's definitely not happening. And so it's got to be it's going to be somebody on the Caps, and I assume it's going to be a veteran because that's off. And like it, like hopefully his numbers are great, but really if you, I mean, I kind of find it hard to believe that uh shop walking be one of the storylines of the series. And then the goaltender wins the MVP. <laughs> Just like, Oh, these cap teams are different because they're taking away scoring chances. And now i not, not letting a lot of shots get through, but uh, the goal is a real difference in this series. Like, well, that doesn't, you know, doesn't really add up, but okay.
1: No, for the eventual Andrew
0: McDonald Smythe case. There's a... Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, okay, so I was talking with one of my friends about this. Do you have any interest? Uh, John Carlson may be hitting the like the free agency market. Uh, do you have any interest in John Carlson? I think he's good. I'm not sure for the Flyers. Right. I, he's going to get paid a lot. Uh,
1: I mean, if you can... Would I ditch Andrew McDonald for John Carlson? In a heartbeat. But yeah. I don't think there's any universe in which those two
0: moves will kind of coincide. right? I, I think John, like John Carlson is a really good player and I would like him on the flyers, but in terms of what they actually need and how much he's going to cost, like I just, I, I don't know. Like he, he is a, be a top pairing guy. I was, yeah. He'd probably be a top pairing guy. He is a monster on the power play, but he's going to be a guy that I, I want to say he's going to make over 7 million. I feel like, and I feel like that's probably fair for the season he's had. And uh, the Flyers don't really need to throw money at that guy if they already have Ghost on the top power play and already have Pro-Rof, uh, Gospir, and Sandheim, I guess, and they have more help on the way. I think it's more just the prospects than just, you, need, you know, they need help up front in terms of scoring and everything. I feel like I'd rather spend money there, which you want to talk about the uh, the news that just broke like an hour ago that I wanted to talk about, that I put in the notes here, uh, help up front apparently can be uh, had if you send a first-round pick in a prospect to the Hurricanes for one Jeff Skinner. Stephen, does that interest you? you? Got any interest in uh, j Skin? Skinner. Yeah, I can't. Oh yeah. No, you, I know. can use all those Simpson memes now. I can
1: finally use all those dank Simpson memes, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I, no, I'm all about Skinner and he kind of had it down here last year. Right. But mostly for uh
0: shooting percentage. Uh, I think so. Yeah. Hey, well, he had 24 goals, which is, I believe as many as Wayne Simmons had this year, but, uh, eight Wayne Simmons who had
1: been pretty much hurt across his entire body from, Head to toe. Yeah,
0: he had 100 broken bones and he tore every ligament in his body, but still almost was had 25 goals this year. Uh, yeah, apparently, according to Pierre LeBron, first and prospect for Skinner. Skinner, eight seasons in the league, three 30 goal seasons, including 137 goal season, and three other 20 goal seasons. Uh, 24 goals this season. Uh, one year left at 5.725 million. And here's the stat. Here would be my big push for why the Fly- there. There's a couple of reasons why I think the Flyers, at least, kind of should kick the tires on this. Uh, first of all, a first round pick. Flyers have two of those. You trade one away, Steve. You still got another one. You know what I mean? It's true. Excel can still pick in the first round. He can still do that whole draft thing. Also, a prospect. Uh, I mean, that that of course gets into the fun territory that everybody loves to do on flowers Twitter of which prospect that you don't like that you assume another team will like that you would give away. So mine would be, I don't, I don't want to say I don't like this guy. I just, I think, uh, I think you could still get something for him and I don't know if he really has the best uh, outlook right now. It'd be German Rupsoff. German Rupsoff. The germ. Yeah. The Germ baby who had, uh, who helped uh, Katie Bathurst Teton which I, I learned I think is the correct way to pronounce the, what I've been calling the, the Katie Bathurst, Titan. Uh, he had two assists in four games, and he had seven shots of gold to help them win the Memorial Cup. Again, like he just he's a guy that uh, was in his, sec, his uh, draft plus two year this year and just didn't really put up points and was obviously on a good team and just couldn't put up points with that team. And uh, for a high-scoring league like the QMJHL, I feel like that's not a good sign, especially for a first-round draft pick, too. So I would not be opposed to packaging a first-round pick and a German rooftop for Jeff Skinner. Now, the thing, too, where if you're the Hurricanes, you would look and say, you're going to give us that prospect for Jeff Skinner, to which I would say yes. Uh, but I, what other prospects do you think would be – would you do a first at Morgan Frost for Jeff Skinner?
1: That's a tougher. That one is a to. very
0: tough one that I thought of before we came on here. Yeah. I, like, I, I would certainly
1: know. do a guy like Rube stuff in a heartbeat. Yeah. I would do Sam Moran in a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd even consider Philip Myers. Although I am hesitant on Myers. Cause I think he's got I, a very
0: bright future. Yeah. That one I would, I would say no to, I think the big, the big thing for me the pull up on this now, uh, cause I like Skinner. I think Skinner would be a, pretty good addition especially at this cost uh the one more year the one more year because this is not a maker well it is a make or break year for the Flyers in certain ways but it's not a win it all or bust season i guess like they aren't at that point yet so if you got him this year
1: (laughs) much to the uh, chagrin of many flyers yeah, yeah, yeah
0: sorry everybody sorry to dampen your hopes for next season but but i think it would be you bring him in, and then you'd have to pay him. Like, you'd probably, probably get a little bit more money in his next contract. If he has, I mean, especially if he has a monster year this year. He's probably looking at $7 million in 2018-19 if he has a... Or 2019-20 uh, if he has a monster year this year. So, it's the thing where if you, you can get... The first really doesn't bug me. It's just a matter of what the prospect would be. But at the same time, we're talking about what you already know is in the NHL and then what would be on the way. I th- the thing with Phil Myers is I feel like he is going to be, all indications are is he's going to be a monster on the right side. And the Flyers have a lot of great young defensemen now who are all left-handed. So it'd be great if you could actually get Phil Myers on the right side there and then kind of push down uh, record or have like a top pairing of Ivan Perroff and Philip Myers, which I, Maybe not top pairing, but I think Phil Myers could make the team next year, which we've already talked about. But Jeff Skinner, on top of the goals, the big thing for me with Jeff Skinner is, uh, well, he's an amazing skater, as I think is pretty well documented. And very talks about him being a yeah, – he used to figure skate, I think, or he took figure skating lessons, something that really helps his uh, – Helps him get uh, on his edge and everything like Shane Gasper does, but also just the – he shoots the puck, which is uh, – Steve, I don't know if you've heard this about the Flyers, but nobody wants to shoot the fucking puck on the team. Need and,
1: snipers. Get a snipers. The shoot.
0: Proof, the proof, of course, is in the numbers, which, uh, you know, there's an underlying motto for this podcast. So three Flyers this year, Steve, had over 220 shots on goal this season. First of all, do you know who they were? Two forwards and a defenseman.
1: Okay, wait, wait, So three flyers had what?
0: 220 shots on goal this season.
1: 220 shots on goal this season. One Sean
0: Couturier. Sean Couturier, 227, second. Claude Giroux? No. No, uh, th- I was going to say. There's some amount
1: of... of goals this year, so that's that's why I was guessing. No, you know? uh, oh, no, no. I guess I the captain say... just doesn't shoot enough.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, the first one is kind of surprising, considering. Uh, the What like, about is...
1: uh what about what about Shane Gaspar?
0: Shane Goss is number three, two twenty-one. All right. The so first, got... the most shots on goal this year at two twenty-eight.
1: Okay, two twenty-eight. So I got two out of three.
0: I'll give you a hint.
1: No, 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 no. Okay. No, no. no. I want one more guess before I have to go with a hint. Okay. I'm trying to use my logic here. Uh, Bakutz. Bobby Tarantino. It. It's definitely, it's definitely not Jake Voracek. Uh b- 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 and watch it is.
0: Um
1: am I gonna go with Simmer God is it Valtteri Filpula?
0: So you said it was definitely not Jake Forchek, right? Is it Jake Forchek? So it's Jake Forchek with
1: two twenty eight. <laughs> wow, I I'm incredibly surprised by that if that's jake tell you, is the number one guy who gets accused of not shooting the puck enough
0: oh yeah absolutely well i think that just also speaks volumes to like how often he has the puck and he's carrying the puck into the zone and how much he's just kind of motoring over like all over the ice and just yeah he gets i i think i don't know if it's so much he gets knocked for not shooting it's just i think sometimes he just gets uh, he gets blamed for making dumb plays. But I think it's a thing where it just have the puck so much. It's going to be... It's like the Eric Carlson effect, which I'm not saying Jake forcheck is the Eric Carlson defenseman, but or any puck-carrying defenseman on a mediocre team that always has the puck, where if you play half the game and you have the puck on your stick muscle time when you're on the ice, you're going to make mistakes. And people are probably going to pick up on that if they start building the narrative in their head that this guy makes dumb plays. So I think that's the thing with Jake Foracek is he finds the long numbers, puts up points, but once or twice a game, he will throw an air pass into the corner where he thought a teammate should be and usually is on plays but isn't there. Or he'll throw a puck back to the point and gosh, is pinched and then the puck just goes into the D zone or kind of makes too much happen on a one-on-three. Things like that get really picked up and highlighted. And uh, I feel like when you're forechecking, you get the puck on your stick a lot out there, so I think that's what happens with them. But back to my point: three flyers had 220 shots on goal this season. How many shots do you think Jeff Skinner had this year? Um, 200. 277. I think wow. he finished 12th in the 12th in the uh, league this year. The last five years, Shoot. the last five years, he's had 235 shots on goal or more. So the last five season, he's put he's put more shots on goal than the Flyers had uh, any single flyer had this year. So uh, worried about getting, uh, guys that get the pucks in the net. I feel like Jeff Skinner would help solve that problem. And also, he is like I said, pretty good skater. Is also pretty fast. So if you put him on a line. I don't know, like Drew Katoria, skinner would be a pretty ridiculous top line. Or even just, uh, like if he did, just uh, Patrick Lindblom and Skinner would be a pretty good second line, too. Like, sure. I, I feel like he, even on the third line, Skinner, um, Scott Lawton. Well, so we'll go with Scott Lawton as a third line center. Shout out to that one guy that jumped on us uh, for, in the comment section months ago. Uh, <laughs> Skinner, Lawton, and Simmons would be a pretty ridiculous. Never forget, storyline. yeah, never forget that guy. I wonder if that guy still listens. <laughs> he just realizing he gets ripped on by us for like once every other episode. Well, but, you know,
1: you can reach out to us at Sports Are Bad.
0: Yeah, go ahead, tweet at me. I don't give a shit. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll tweet at you more, and I'll dunk on yeah, you. That's fine. Said one thing about Scott Lawton, which was the correct analysis, by the way. This guy. This guy. Oh, I'm aware. Also, I feel like you could add Jeff Skinner to the second power play unit. He was a second power play unit guy in uh, Carolina. Definitely be an uh, improvement over uh, Uriah Letera or Phil on the second power play unit here. So I think there are a lot of reasons why you you could add him. I think the one thing that might scare me is just the you're going to get him for his contract year. He's going to have a gigantic year and a year where you're really not going to be contending. And then you have to worry about figuring out his contract. When you also have to figure out Provorov and Goss's... or er, Provorov and uh, Konechny deals too. I think that'd be the one thing I would not be too too excited about. But I say, uh, fucking bring him in. Let's go for it. You get to, yeah.
1: I'm all about a move like
0: that. Yeah, you get Jeff Skinner. You get John Tavares. Thinking maybe I want to get my rights traded to the Flyers. That's all I'm saying.
1: Mm-hmm. Maybe you bring him home. Bring him home, yes. <laughs> no, I there there are guys finally available that would be the right move, and yeah. this is what I've been holding out hope for with Hextall, is that he's been waiting for the right guys to become available because yeah. the past couple of off seasons, the the talent pool available in free agency and trades just hasn't really been anybody too exciting. Like nobody really you know want to jump out and like risk the future of your franchise for. And I'm not saying. Right like Skinner's the kind of guy you don't have to risk the future of your franchise for. You have a surplus first round pick this year and you've got surplus prospects. So yeah. you have the means to go out and acquire a guy like that. And you have the cap space for a guy like John Tavares.
0: Yeah. The, like the Jeff Skinner move, honestly, I, I, the big thing with me at Tavares has just been, I want to see something like, I want to see something moving towards Hextall moving this team towards being an actual contender. I feel like the Jeff Skinner move is honestly, if he does this, that fulfills my desire to have him make a move this summer. Like I just want to see something where it's not just, yeah. Like you said, we have cap, we have cap space now. There are assets that can be moved. This is why you always draft and develop too. This is why you stockpile assets because now, even if it's a prospect we kind of like, there's probably another one just as good or even better at that position. Like I mean, theoretically, if they did, or first and Phil Myers, it would sting, but. Sandheim is gonna play his first full season in the league next year and they still have Gasser and Proverb who are extremely young and you could even have Sam Rand making his way up there too. So it's I I feel like this is one of those moves that you should easily there has got to, There's gotta there's gonna probably be other deals like this. And also it's a it's a trade which Hexel is a bigger fan of than I hope he's a bigger fan of doing this in free agency. I hope he doesn't love doing <laughs> if if his past uh if his record with uh, deals is anything, I hope it's more towards trading than signing a free agency because free agency stuff hasn't been too great so far in terms of, I uh, think mainly at Dale Weiss and Boyd Gordon. But Ugh. trades, trades been pretty Completely good. Completely
1: forget about Go- Boyd Gordon all the time.
0: Yeah. Actually, speaking of trades real quick, uh, and we can. there's another asset we can talk about too in here. The trades, uh, one of the trades that I kind of didn't like last year, which is turning out to be... Pretty good uh, with each passing day was the Isaac Ratcliffe trading the three picks, the 44th, the 75th, and the 108th overall for the 35th overall to take Isaac Ratcliffe. And uh, uh, Isaac Ratcliffe yesterday was named the captain for the Gulf storm in 2018, 2019. So there you go. The 28th captain in franchise history. So had a pretty good season this year. He's expected to be the captain next year. He had 41 goals which was six in the OHL on 282 shots, which was third in the OHL. And he had for 68 points, Steve, you're so close to having a very nice season and 67. Oh, so nice. So close to nice. So close. Also, he played in two regular season games for the Phantoms where he had a goal. So uh, he's already gotten a little pro experience, but he will uh, next season will be his last season in the OHL. Then he'll join the Phantoms full time. And uh, it looks like, it looks like Hextall found made a pretty good deal in the second round. Got a gigantic guy that has uh, some speed and pretty good hands. So, uh,
1: and this is this is the same thing uh, that happened with Morgan Frost, where yeah, that was a, a move that at the time of the draft, people kind of questioned why is Hexal doing this. I don't really understand why he'd move up for a guy like this. And since then, God, maybe. these guys, yeah, these guys have really developed into the players that Hextall saw. So. Uh, there's a clearly Hextall's eye for lower level NHL talent is not good, but <laughs> whatever he's doing, whatever scouting they're utilizing to look at the raw talent for these guys in the draft is outstanding and uh, seems to be getting better each year.
0: Yeah. <laughs> just, just sit Hextall down and be like, look, when it comes to free agency for bottom six guys, pretend, pretend you're scouting. And then he's like, all right, <laughs> Uh, uh, okay, Matt Cullen for the fourth-line center. It's like, all right. <laughs> Brian Boyle, fourth-line winger. Just brings in all these guys that have like been key pieces on the fourth-line for other runs. <laughs> Actually gets good players instead of fucking Boy Gordon and Dale Weave. <laughs> yeah, Boy Gordon or Johnny Oduya, That Oh, that was another one. That was, oh, man. The best 12 minutes of Flyers of the history right there. Um, that
1: guy is in the obscure Flyers Hall of Fame.
0: Yeah. M- uh, best of the most obscure Flyers defensemen over the last couple of years. Johnny you? Ken Huskins, or Curtis Foster?
1: Oh, we got to go with Fozzie Foster.
0: Yeah. You think so? Yeah. yeah I mean, Ken Huskins, I, I just. Uh, By the way, they all sucked. So oh, it's like. Big time. Yeah. yeah. I just like how Ken Huskins was like an actual trade. He, like there was a seventh round pick that was dealt for fucking kent huskins in like a lost <laughs> se- like a lost season like i think he traded at like Homegrown made that trade where it looked like the flyers weren't gonna make it and they're like he was just like i need to share up the defense here and it's like no you don't just call some dude from the ahl like call up uh mark all yeah mark all no i'm pretty sure it was in the system at the time there were a couple other guys oh matt conan who like they would bring up at the end of the season and had like four games with a flyer
1: oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah who
0: had like oh, four games yeah. and it was really just be, like the last game of each season, and then like I think that year he had two at the end. So just like just bring up that dude. Who cares? Uh, so it's fine. Seriously, it's fine. Yeah. What if? So what about a first and Ratcliffe? For a first and Ratcliffe for Skinner, I think. I think I would I would do that. It would still. be. I might do that. I might do that. Yeah. Ratcliffe is mean, growing on me, but I, I think I was still,
1: yeah. Ratcliffe's still a little bit more of a, a longer term project. Yeah. Like he's probably what, two, three years away at minimum. Yeah. At least. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. whereas Frost, you know, if he has a good camp, he has a slight chance, but yeah, uh, Frost. we're looking like in a year, Frost could be ready to go.
0: Yeah. Like Frost is a guy that would definitely make me pause. I think, I think Myers would too. Um, like Radcliffe who's grown on me, I, I feel like would kind of suck at first, but I think I'd be alright with it. I mean, because, I mean, yeah, if you, if you had another scoring guy, if you, if you had a, a shooter to one of those top two lines, I think the Flyers improve pretty drastically. Just because that makes one of the top lines even better. And if you get Drew and Katori playing like they did this season again next season with a guy that scores, or at another year of uh, Limblom and uh, Patrick playing together and they, they become a stronger duo and add Jeff Skinner to that line. I, I feel like it's just... I feel like it would be a uh, pretty soft move. But, um, speaking of... So speaking of Radcliffe, speaking of prospects, uh, another prospect went the way of Samuel Duff McFalls and was drafted by Hextol but wasn't signed, and that was uh, Anthony Salinitri. He was taken 172nd overall in 2016 in the sixth round. And he was a uh, hit free agency on June 1st, as the Flyers did not sign him. And uh, I thought uh, coming into the season, the Flyers had uh, four guys that needed to sign. They already signed Carson Twerinski. Uh David Drake got a look. It looks like he's, I don't think he's going to be back with the team, though. Or if he does, it's going to be an AHL deal with the Phantoms. And then uh, Terrence Amorosa, who's a mobile defenseman who played at Clarkson, uh, homegrown pick. Like, put up a deal. he put up 27 points in 40 games at for Clarkson. He's he's fine, but I think it would be it's not really an organizational need. I think Draco looked because it was uh, he's a stay at home defenseman, and the Flyers don't have Flyers have Marin, and that's pretty much it in terms of that in the organization. But. Uh, Drake and Amaro's are probably going towards got a deal. And then I thought Solimitry was gonna get uh I thought he was gonna get a look because he kinda sounded like an Eric Wellwood type, which would be bottom six guy, pretty fast, kills penalties, does all the little stuff, but uh letting him go is absolutely fine. I mean he was in his draft plus two year and he had fifty eight points in sixty seven games this year, which is uh not 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 too great. Uh, not not the best numbers out there. Uh, 26 not old, ideal. Though. Yeah, not, not ideal. So, uh, you know, kind of leave that spot open for somebody else to earn a contract. And, I mean, Hexel has been handing out he quite a few contracts already this year. Uh, Stroman, Shushko, and all those guys. So uh, Saloon Tree is probably not at the top of the order there to get the next contract, which is just fine. Just interesting that he actually let him go as well. I think the... So I think the next guy that would be released would be Amorosa, uh, who needs to sign a deal by August 15th. And then I think after that, I think the next the next guys that Hextall drafted that would be unsigned if they don't get a deal would be uh, Linus Hogberg and David Bernhardt, who I think have until 2020, I believe. I believe they do. So there's still a little bit of time. So after that, it uh, seems like Hextal is going to have a little bit of time to figure out, work out some uh, ELC deals and everything. But uh, yeah, that's probably, the preliminary news is probably the biggest news related to the fires <laughs> right now. Cause there's,
1: yeah, it says a lot right there.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's this has just been pretty much a waiting, like it's just a waiting game.
1: Well, and the the funny thing is, if you look at the Philly sports scene overall, oh, it's actually been a crazy God. week, insane yeah. week for two of the other yeah. uh, four. You know, two out of the four major Philly sports teams. Uh, I mean, the Phillies have kind of been on a losing streak, but it's not like a major thing. Yeah. Uh, it's baseball. There's a lot of games. But <laughs> I, which one do you want to briefly mention first? The Sixers thing or the Eagles thing?
0: Well, the Eagles thing I think we should touch on first, just because uh, I, I don't know. I feel like we uh, probably shouldn't talk about the Eagles thing for too too long. But uh,
1: sure, sure. But I I just wanted to mention it. Oh yeah, no because yeah, it yeah, it's, it's huge national news. No, it's, it's gigantic
0: it's... national news. I.
1: It's not often that your your favorite football team is in the national news for a uh, a major political. Uh, item right yeah exactly <laughs> yeah and like yeah I, donald trump uh flat out canceled the eagles white house visit after it was uh made known that less than 10 members of the team were going to show up less to than the than ceremony that,
0: yeah yeah i also heard the whole thing with the fans that went the quote unquote fans that went, went was kind of a shit show too because some Tim reporters long from NBC 10 was down there and said he
1: interviewed at least six fans and none of them knew who the, uh, starting yeah, that's quarterback exactly. was.
0: yeah. <laughs> but yeah, It's like who the starter quarterback on Bowl was. And they're like, I don't know. It's like, well, I, yeah, it's a whole thing where I think it's definitely got ramped up. Cause I remember being pissed off because of the whole penguins answer about it. And it's still not really the best answer. And uh, but like and we we addressed
1: this before. Yeah. I think probably when we were talking about the the Super Bowl, uh, when the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Yeah. But I think you know I I I'll admit I was a little hypocritical when Tim Thomas did this uh, with Barack Obama a few years back. Oh so, yeah. Um, I hey man, it's, you know people. That's that's what makes the that what makes makes America great. It's the ability to. <laughs> protest these things and not be executed for it yeah but seriously it it does uh it's you know everybody's right to be able to to voice this kind of stuff but it's i i just wanted to more comment on it from kind of just how bizarre the whole thing is and how you know being an eagles fan all of a sudden seems like a political statement (laughs) which is just bizarre
0: yeah i well i think it's i'm kind of surprised it hasn't been Like, the Tim Thomas thing was the only other time I can remember going to the White House was such a political issue, I guess. But it's a thing where, like, every team goes. And, I mean, obviously, you know, Trump's uh, got away with a certain section of America and just the way he talks and presents himself. But it's not the only president before that hasn't, you know, had people not really in his corner. And I'm kind of surprised that just other teams were just like, no, we're not going. Or maybe they have, but I don't remember it being broadcast as much as it is now. And it's just something where, you know, it, it, you're going... Like, I think the big thing people were talking about, like, oh, well, guys like Malcolm Jenkins and Chris Long missed out on their opportunity to, like, go and talk it out with Donald Trump. And it's like, that's not what was going to happen. What was going to happen was they were going to take a picture with Donald Trump and then Donald Trump could be, like, could just frame that picture and hanging in the white house and pretend like everybody got along. It's not like they are going out there and they're going to like bang out all these social issues and like put a (laughs) right, right. They weren't going to sit around a table
1: and have a conference, which right, it doesn't work out for pretty much anybody.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So it's just like, Hey, this guy that you hate politically, you want to go like take a photo up with him, and make him look like a good guy. Like, no, no, thanks. I think I'm good. I'm just, I'm surprised that it's happening now with like the warriors and the Eagles and just, uh, it's just not a thing that's come up in the past. Besides like,
1: well, this is the most widespread it's ever been.
0: I, yeah, I think so. And I, you know, I think that uh, speaks volumes about. Well, and <laughs> I, I, I guess my,
1: my, you know, besides the obvious uh, lack of racial diversity in hockey, uh, the other reason you don't really see this kind of thing in hockey very often is also just because hockey players are, they're very much that like that team oriented, uh, humble, like, yeah. Humble to a fault, in my opinion, uh, kind of guys where they're just like, oh, you know, I don't want to drag attention to myself or, you know, bring too much attention yeah. to myself, all that. It's, it's always just like, yeah, it's about the team. It's not about me kind of thing. Yeah, uh, I wonder. If- n- this isn't to call like NBA and NFL players selfish. I'm not remotely drawing up that tired old comparison. Absolutely not. But there is a different mentality no. when it comes to hockey. So no, you're like, right. And that's why you see like the penguins just kind of be like, sure. Let's go. Phil, will eat a hot dog. It'll be great.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think a big part of it too, is just a lot of, a lot of guys in hockey are Canadian. So like they, I guess they aren't as in tune with like if, if. Oh yeah, no. I like a you, group then. of Americans were like, Hey, you want to go see a uh, Trudeau? They'd be like, yeah, sure. Why do I care? And then
1: people, yeah, I, I, go, Oh my God.
0: Okay. What? You can't, I can't believe you're doing that and he's like all right, look I'm not from here whatever I'm gonna go take a picture I don't know it's a photo op yeah a... like yeah because yeah, no. I mean Tim Thomas was he's an American so that he was obviously where what a was doing even if uh you know Tim Thomas was a little hey. uh, off his rocker but
1: <laughs> he had some long Facebook posts we'll just say that
0: <laughs> with the, you know hey I'm mean, very long Facebook be, posts. you could be against. Tim Thomas I mean you can be against uh, Obama's uh, political, you know, stances and everything, but Tim Thomas is one of those guys with his uh, Facebook opinions and everything. So, which is uh Tim,
1: Tim Thomas was you know what? He he expressed his uh his opinion yeah. in a very American manner and you know,
0: annoying everybody on Facebook.
1: <laughs> That's the most American thing but you could do that, these days. That's, is, by the way, that, that's actually why I'm not on Facebook. Yeah, anymore.
0: like it goes both. Ways. I, have, a, that's not just I have an account, but I
1: deleted my app because I just I got so tired of these long political rants from people, and
0: I'm like, uh,
1: I, I can't. I'm done.
0: Yeah, it's yeah, it, it's a good time. I still have it. I actually I posted something on there actually because of the the uh, I didn't post anything up about the eagles not going, it was just the fact that uh Fox News used a picture of Zach Ertz praying and they were like, Oh, wonder why he didn't go. Look at him kneeling during the anthem and everybody was like And like Zach Ertz actually tweeted out the picture, he was like, No, this was during a prayer when someone was injured on in the field but you know, thanks for using my name and everything. Yeah. <laughs> and then they had to be, they had to like take dragging story and bus, everything. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I just thought was cracking up because that's been wrote right about it, so but oh, that's, yeah, like, that's I, I usually pretty much just every once in a while I'll post, like, one of my hockey articles on there. I don't really enjoy going. Especially right. now. I'll post the podcast link, you know. I don't enjoy going on there right now either because of all the uh, the Caps nonsense and all the people, you know.
1: Oh, yeah, you know a lot more Caps fans than I've ever even, I, yeah. even existed.
0: Yeah, so. Like, there are definitely... like Well, I mean, it's only my one friend, Mike. But there's, it, like, it's just... It, like Avechkin deserves it, uh, Baxman deserves it. I like TJ Oshito. too, uh, and I think he's been in the league for a while too. I think Barry Trotz definitely deserves the win. I mean, this is—I mean—he's a guy that was stuck in Nashville. Oh, Trotz is oh. great. Like he—he yeah, he, he,
1: yeah you're definitely... stuck in Nashville with like kind of a middle of the road team for a while and yeah. no neck. And <laughs> here he is, still no neck, but on the verge of winning a championship. No
0: neck, maybe one cup, but like. I think if, if if the Capitals weren't filled with fans from people I hated from high school, I think I would be a lot bigger supporter of their success right now. If that makes sense, you know, it's just people with the high school. Like, imagine the people you hated from high school being happy about something stupid. Yeah, no much, thanks. Yeah, it's pretty much what's going on. So, uh, you know, I, I don't need to. Uh, I don't need to see that in my life. You know, I still, I still got to go home there. I don't want to hear about that when well, they don't know who anybody passed like the 2008, 2009 cast were. So, uh no, thank you. I will uh will pass on that option, but uh, I guess we're going to get it anyway. Uh
1: and let's I also wanted to briefly touch on the other big Philly sports topic oh, of the yeah, week and yeah, we should. Yeah. We got to talk about this one cuz this is one of the most ridiculous stories I've seen in a while. So, Sixers GM Brian Colangelo was uh, accused of having five burner Twitter accounts. I believe that he was. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, there was a big investigative report by a reporter over at the ringer. And I mean, this shit's just ridiculous. Like he's going on to these burner Twitter accounts, bad mouthing his uh, again, allegedly, allegedly uh, Uh, bad mouthing key members on his team, talking about inside info, all sorts of shit. And it's just a terrible look for the Sixers, <laughs> and here we are, what a week later, and they still haven't done anything about it. They're still investigating. I thought I saw a
0: report actually before we came on from the score that said uh, the Sixers believe he didn't have any wrongdoing in those Twitter accounts. You might have to look that up right now, but I thought I saw something where. It-
1: oh no, I-, I saw that too, and people are starting to get a little nervous that they're not going to. Part ways with Colangelo because this seemed like kind of a no brainer from the Sixers standpoint. Just cut ties with this guy. who's yeah. not that vital to the future of your franchise. He's not even a particularly good GM. No. He was kind of forced on them by the league because of the whole tanking thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, a, yeah, I think that's what's the big kicker here is they, uh, the league forced the Sixers to get rid of uh, hinky. And then they brought in this guy who was just bad mouthing like former players and letting out all this information and everything.
1: Yeah, on these these burner Twitter accounts that, uh, at you know, at the very least, his wife might have been running some of them. But it's so suspicious from top to bottom between when when the Sixers were presented knowledge of them three of the accounts like went to private or went yeah. offline or something. Yeah. And just, yeah. all the recovery numbers ended in the same two digits, except for like one of them, like just too many little coincidences.
0: Right. Like it's just so many, so many things line up to him being related to the accounts and their <laughs> pictures like, uh, don't see nothing. We're, we're good here. No problem. <laughs> I like, I just think of it. I think it's funny from the angle of, uh, like I feel like if you're Shirelli, Peter Shirelli, you have to do this now. Like you just have to start off all these like fake Edmonton Oilers fans accounts and just uh, just pretend like you're you support every move that Shirelli did. She'd be like oh no, I I I take Larson overhaul any day of the week. What a great move, <laughs> says the Shia man forty three. I don't even know what a fucking terrible name would have uh, for Shirelli, but just something dumb. Just support the Larson trade, support the uh, Luchik signing, just all that kind of shit. I feel like Shirelli would probably be the best GM to have that, right? Like oh, him. Yeah. Uh, maybe, oh, can you uh, imagine Chiarelli's burner accounts when he was talking
1: shit on Taylor Hall?
0: <laughs> yeah, just that guy. <laughs> he only follows five people, and it's like uh, Craig McTavish and like Kevin Lowe and... Uh, oh my god the Oilers owner I'm blanking on his name right now but
1: it doesn't matter yeah,
0: yeah it doesn't matter so uh,
1: Richie <laughs> Uh I don't know why the mix in there but you know he's, I guess he's Irish Canadian yeah,
0: who knows Grant Fuhrer 784 says man that Larson trade was one hell of a trade uh, Grant Fuhrer uh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Grant Fury, thank you very much.
0: Uh, Pisani's penalty box says, man, what a sweet signing that Luchix trade was. What do you think Fernando Pisani's doing right now? Is he still Dude, is he still playing like in Europe or something?
1: Absolutely no clue.
0: Yeah, he's, he was... He was a topic of conversation for a hot five minutes during the 2006 Stanley Cup Final, and then that was about it.
1: Should have kept Pronger, says.
0: (laughs) Says Peter the Beater, uh, 393. (laughs) (laughs) Like, knowing Peter Cervelli would be so blatantly obvious, too. Like, his name is just in all the accounts. (laughs) Says Oilers GM 344. (laughs)
1: Now, do you think that Ron Hextall has a, a ghosting account that he uses just monitor stuff? I, I'm pretty sure he has one of those where he, he just, like, logs on, quietly checks things out, and calls it a day.
0: I feel like, uh, I don't know if he does, but if people start tweeting about Andrew McDonald being actually good, we have to we have to keep an eye out for that. Like, there's probably <laughs> Hextall
1: burner accounts. It could also be a Holmgren burner
0: account. Yeah, or, if we, well, for Hextall, we have to make sure, like, uh, Anytime somebody suggests a trade online, she'd be like, oh, what about the draft picks? When we keep the draft picks. <laughs> Just like, oh, you don't want to trade these for more draft picks? Let's do more draft picks. Dale Weiss was a good signing.
1: <laughs> Just
0: <laughs> things like that.
1: Now that one, that's the Ron Hexthel burner.
0: Again, <laughs> yeah. right there. Boy uh, Gordon was fine. Actually, the Nick Schultz extension was A-OK. I thought it was fine. <laughs> the Umberger trade worked out great.
1: Blocker to the face, twenty-seven says.
0: (laughs) Chelios' choke slam, four seventeen says it was a great deal. So,
1: (laughs) stick chop, (laughs) eighty-seven says. Oh,
0: I I I wish I knew more about Peter Shorelli. Besides batteries, come with better uh, handles for him, but I I got nothing for you folks.
1: Yeah, well, if you have any good ones, uh, send them over to the old Flyperly Twitter. Yeah. Um, well, I want to talk around the league real quick? Uh, we got some interesting little—I don't know—potential free agent tidbits, tidbits.
0: Yeah, a, a couple interesting a little tidbits, tidbits. Little little bit of tidbits here. Bits of tits for you. Uh, Ilya Kovalchuk <laughs> could be returning, to, or is eyeing a return to the NHL. And it seems like the out- so he's
1: going straight to free agency. He's not going to have to be part of the Devils for any convoluted bullshit or anything. I
0: I don't believe so. I think he... Because he's... I believe he's old enough now. Like he's... I think it was a thing where like they had... uh, They had to do some... I I forget how old he is, but I think he's he's passed the age limit. Whatever it was in that weird scenario. And also he was out of the league long enough that it wasn't a... uh, Like a long way around that big ass contract that they got out of. So they... Like, terminated the contract. Like, he had to stay out of the league for a certain amount of years because it couldn't be a thing where, like, the Devils let him go so he could go to the KHL, and then he comes back the next season with somebody else. And I thought it was a thing where the Devils had his rights until he was, like, 35. And I think he, I think he's getting up there. I don't know how close he is, but... um, uh, the,
1: How was Zillia's last couple of years in the KHL? Do you have any I th- info on that?
0: I think he has... Thirty-four goals this year. I'll look it up real quick. But yeah, I can deal with the uh, Islanders and Rangers. Apparently, as I've been talking to him, and he's looking at. Yeah, apparently he's
1: all about that New York area.
0: Yeah, and he's uh, yeah, she's not gonna leave there apparently, and um.
1: Well, you know, Ilya, you know what's close enough to the New York area without having to be the New York area?
0: New Jersey, a place called Philadelphia, (laughs) a little place called Washington. And they're going to a little place it. where
1: freedom was born called <laughs> Philadelphia
0: <laughs> called Tampa Bay, baby. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yager I, I mean, uh, got 3.3 3 million after he came back from the KHL for one year. Uh, Cole Chuck's looking at two or three years and he wants 6 million. So I guess that's fair.
1: Now the flyers aren't going to be in the running for this probably, but I don't, would you take a shot on him?
0: Uh, for three mil, yeah, yeah. For, I I would go on the two years part. Uh, I would do two years, six mil.
1: I I give yeah, that a shot. Absolutely. I yeah. I think it's, and if it doesn't work out, I don't know. You dump them.
0: <laughs> yeah, and and also I believe he's talking six million total. If he's talking about six million per year, uh, uh probably not. So okay, so he's thirty five. So that part of my whole theory still works.
1: You know what he does? He shoots.
0: Shoots puck, baby. Scores them goals. Uh, speaking of which, he had 31 in 53 games this year. 32 in 60 games in 2016-17. 16 in 2015-16. Uh, yeah, apparently turned on the last couple of years. Six goals in 15 playoff games. Uh, so, that, I mean, still putting up points. Like, yeah, like 3 million... To see what you have in Kovalchuk, But I I think I'll be fine with that. I got nothing against that. But, uh, but again,
1: most likely going to the Islanders or Rangers for yeah. reasons unknown to most of humanity.
0: They're probably going to the Islanders, and then uh, Tavares be like, "Hey, Kovalchuk, Lamarello. Barzal." Barzal may as well just uh, may as well just stay here. What have the Islanders done to me that's been so bad? I may as well stay. <laughs> I may as well stay here.
1: Hey, we're going back to the Coliseum. All right. Everybody loves the Coliseum.
0: <laughs> hey, we're playing at the Belmont Stakes. Cool. All right. Beat. Uh, so the Ottawa Senators continue their season of just being uh, being a fun time. Uh, Senators' assistant GM, Randy Lee, was arrested and had his passport seized after he rubbed the shoulders of a 19-year-old male shuttle bus driver and made loot comments.
1: Okay. So how, I, how long could you possibly be on a shuttle bus that you feel the need to make the moves? On great the question. Young bus driver, because this is like you're on a shuttle bus. You're on there. What, 20 minutes tops usually
0: at most 20 minutes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And yeah. that is not nearly enough time to consider making a move on someone, let alone a young person.
0: Yeah. And also just a bus
1: driver. Also, don't be a creep. Also a bus driver. There's a lot going on here. None
0: of this really first, makes sense. First and foremost, which is a, a rule that apparently just a lot of old guys can't follow. Don't be a creep. Don't just, be a creep. Don't be a creep. Uh, secondly, well, also apparently the, apparently, there's enough time for this to be going on long enough for the bus driver is like, hey, man, could you not rub my shoulders? It would be great if you could not rub my shoulders. And then Randy Lee continued to keep rubbing his shoulders to the point where it was a gigantic harassment problem. So, yeah, uh, I think he, I think he's, he was arrested. I don't think he's obviously in jail or anything. Um, or and I think he did, claimed uh, not guilty at his uh, court appearance. So uh, it, it's a whole thing. He he did this while he was in Buffalo for the scouting combine, by the way. So that's exactly where. You know, Buffalo's the sexiest city on earth Well, I was going to say the, uh, Rubbing shoulders of a 19-year-old guy That's who you want to send to the scouting combine Because, you know, there's not going to be a bunch of 18, 19-year-old guys at the scouting combine so.
1: Well, I feel sick shout out,
0: shout out to the Senators Really knowing there's per- personnel there So, fed up Banner here at the Ottawa Senators uh, Eric Carlson again Staying in Ottawa probably Because why not
1: uh, I can't wait for him to end up as Vegas Knight
0: Yeah <laughs> Yeah, him and uh, just him and John Tavares. That would be, uh, be pretty funny to me.
1: And John Carlson.
0: And John Carlson. Oh, man. John Carlson and Eric Carlson on the, uh, the top pairing for... uh, The Carlson boys. Yeah. <laughs> Three Carlsons on that team. Oh, man.
1: That would be fucking nice. Uh, uh, uh.
0: Uh, Everybody's
1: got to have full names on the back of their jerseys, <laughs> except none of them are the same name. Yeah. What yeah Wait, actually is it are they all spelled slightly the, well, different Carlson, like Carlson
0: Carl, but William obviously and Eric John Carlson
1: are the same.
0: is yeah, William and Eric are the same, I believe, and then uh John Carlson is different, yeah,
1: so I guess we'd have to have a w Carlson and E Carlson, and then just regular Carlson with a C,
0: yeah, yeah, um
1: Carl Carlson
0: uh oh uh Ryan Callahan had shoulder surgery, is out five months, uh, he was playing with that injury. Down the stretch, and uh yeah, he's going to be out five months. And uh him and the Lightning also have been out for the last couple weeks as well. They took. Did you know the last that? So, yeah.
1: Did you know that Ryan Callahan is the the gritty player that uh Mike Richards always just wanted to be?
0: Yeah, is that a thing?
1: Do people? Think- I swear to God, I saw a comment like that a few weeks ago, and my eyes almost rolled ago. out of my head.
0: Like somebody had that opinion in 2018.
1: Yeah, somebody had that opinion on Twitter a few weeks ago. I can't remember who it was. My eyes rolled really hard.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Ryan Callahan blows, and he's blown for a while. Uh,
1: Because, you know, he's been that much more successful than uh, Stanley Cup winner Mike Richards. Yeah, that guy that... (laughs) I hope it was... I'm really hoping it was sarcastic, and I misread it.
0: I hope so, too, because, man, Mike Richards was a pretty... In terms of grip, well, not even... Was he a grit player? Would you say Mike Richard was a grip player? Th- I mean, he was a grit player, but he yeah. put up a crap he ton of points. Gr-
1: he, he made some gritty plays. Well, especially, I think he was more of a grit player for the Kings.
0: Yeah. And, and I mean, he was just a hard-working guy with the Flyers. Like, that, like that shift against the Canadians, that was... Oh, like, my the God. Come on. Yeah. The shift. The shift. Yeah, that, that's kind of, like, epitomizes what grit is. So, yeah, I guess he was... He was the... He had the bottom six mentality, but he had top line offensive capabilities. I guess is a way to put it.
1: In short, Ryan Callahan can suck it.
0: Yeah, Ryan Callahan can uh you know kick rocks because he's not that. That's that's an insane statement. That has to be a, a Rangers fan who I just can't
1: for the life of me think of who made it. If you made it, please at me so I can <laughs> yes. at you back saying why.
0: So we can send you dick pics because you are. In- Incredibly wrong on this topic. No one deserves that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, this guy might. <laughs> oh no no I I'm just saying uh, our you know stuff is reserved for the the best come on
0: for the ladies yeah I gotcha um so and then uh, I would never do that to a lady. No. <laughs> well oh yeah well yeah I I meant your lady.
1: I just I just wouldn't do that. But,
0: a dick pic yeah I mean
1: you know ca- call me call me old fashioned.
0: Yeah I mean I. I a, you know, like a dick pic in terms of a text. No accidental tweet that I want to put out there. Maybe. So if you want to follow um, me for the end the, the only way,
1: the only way I send such a uh, lewd pictures is I take an old disposable camera, take a picture of it, get it developed <laughs> three to five weeks later. Surprise, surprise.
0: <laughs> just, just show up at your local, like Walgreens you're like, yeah, that's a, the picture of my dick, could you blow it up a little? Just mangle
1: the uh, dick. You, you still do this, right? You you still do this whole thing? I just want to make sure of that first. You can develop the film from this uh this 1995 digital or that, disposable uh, camera that's been sitting in my basement collecting dust. That dick pic right there, can you put it in the frame? All right, thank you. Yeah, could you yeah, uh, you know, and could you make me a digital backup for that? <laughs> On a
0: USB drive? Oh god. Yeah, if we don't uh I just want to say, I think it's wrong that people send dick pics to young ladies out there. And uh, I think every woman should be respected. Also, the ladies, my DMs are open. I'm 100% single. So if you want to, uh, you know, just send them more anyway. butt pics these uh, days. You know, butt pics. Butt pics? Ass men.
1: Yeah, butt pics. The ass
0: man. Yeah,
1: pics. <laughs> The ass, <laughs> ass men, yeah. Uh, so Rick Nash and the Bruins, yeah, talk and extension. Like, uh, uh, Bruins talking extension. Bruins love old
0: guys. Bruins, too. And uh, apparently Rick Nash is talking with the Bruins or he might go back to the Rangers. But it sounds like him and the Bruins are talking (laughs) now. So
1: have a lot of fun. Go back to the Rangers, Rick Nash. There's (laughs) nothing going on. Have a blast. Go back to the Rangers right now. Why? Why? I don't understand why Kovalchuk wants to go there. I don't understand why Rick Nash wants to go there. It doesn't really make sense. They're kind of in tatters and. The king is going to be dead any year now. Not actually dead,
0: but his career is dead. Yeah, hockey terms will be dead. Yeah, I don't understand why. Uh, I mean, hey, whatever. If the if the Rangers want to add Rick Nash and Kovalchuk to help them not be as bad as it could be during tanking seasons, that's fine. Make them that team uh, that just hovers around making the playoffs but doesn't make it. That's that's fine by me. I'll take that. Couple seasons of uh, instead of being you know picking in the top four or five pick around 12th or 13th each season to have really, you know, uh non-impactful seasons to help you, uh, f- your future success. I'm fine with that. But I, I think it has to be the allure of playing in New York. Like, I feel like the Rangers have to be one of those clubs that it, it's just New York. It's gotta be
1: Madison square garden, New York city, yeah. Sparrows pizza.
0: doesn't matter. They've won one cup My in the last New York slice 80 years or whatever. It's gotta be the idea that they're, you're going to be playing in New York. So, and then, uh, the other, the only other nerd I have was the Kessel and Sullivan stuff, but yeah, Kessel and Sullivan stuff is something I guess worth watching that, that is, uh, apparently it's been brewing for a while. I mean, they, cause I, I read the Josh Yohe piece on the athletic and it was saying that like him and Sullivan had like a, like in August and they went to a Toronto restaurant, had like a big sit down for like four hours or something and, like talked, talk a lot about hockey and, uh really wasn't hasn't been too great it wasn't great this year, but they kind of worked through it so uh, i wonder if uh, I don't know like i whose side would you even take there would you take Sullivan or Kessel um, like would you keep would you keep Kessel Crosby if, and if I'm together? a Pins fan if you were Jim Rutherford In the worst timeline if you're Jim Rutherford and you're trying to keep like this a uh, string of like successful, potentially Cup-winning teams together, which keeps Sullivan I'm, or Kessel.
1: I'm keeping Sullivan, and I think I keep you know why Sullivan I'm keeping too. Sullivan. Yeah, and I'm keeping Sullivan because just look at all the coaches they've kind of been through with this lineup, with this yeah. uh, Crosby, you know Malkin, Latang lineup. This team should have won even more cups
0: than they did at the end. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. They should have like five by now. Um, I think
1: Sullivan's the first guy to come in and really optimize this lineup. I think you got to stick with Sullivan. You can always get a nice return for Kessel. Yeah. And uh, you know, Kessel, I hate to say it, but that Kessel trades worked out great for the Penguins. They've gotten all they could possibly need out of Kessel.
0: Yeah, they they really have. And I mean, especially if they even elongate it by getting more more players out of uh, whatever deal may come if it actually goes through. I think
1: I would even go so far as to say if they dumped Kessel and really didn't get much for him, the trade's still worth it.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they got two cups out of it. Uh, I think, I think the thing too is Sullivan. Yeah. The the system Sullivan uh, employees is just, they don't need defensemen. That's the thing about the penguins. It's annoying is, they won a cup with no defenseman, they won another cup with just Crystal Tank. Like they don't they don't fucking need defensemen. So if you have a system that works like that and you uh, could trade Kessel and get I don't know, maybe like another top six guy and then two guys that it could throw on the bottom six to kinda of make four lines roll four lines to a ridiculous extent. I I think you should probably go and do that. Or, you know, get a defenseman too. To maybe help uh Latang and Doomland back there, but Really, the way they play, they just need speed and uh, just uh, just offensive depth. So, I think the thing that's kind of made them crazy was just like you said earlier—you could put Crosby, Malkin, and Kessel on three different lines, and nobody's going to be able to nobody's going to be able to shut that down until the Caps it this year. But more times than not, nobody's shutting that down. So, the uh, NBA finals is pretty much done now too.
1: Oh yeah, they're done. Uh, you know, we and what do we have about I uh, I don't know three quarters of a month until NHL free agency, and uh, when, when's the draft hit?
0: June twenty second, which I will be. Uh, uh, I just put out the my second volume of uh, getting to know some uh, prospects. So, start trying to do a series where I look, I take a look at some of the guys that are going to be going deeper in the draft. So, like, I, I think I wrote about Vitalik Kharltsov, who I think the, we took, who CrossFit Hockey took in the uh, SB Nation mock draft. But he's a guy that, you know, pretty high-end guy, going to go mid to late first round. He's probably the highest guy I'm going to write about. But everybody else is like second, third, fourth, you know, later on in the draft. So, uh, guys, I'm, guys like that. I'm not that. sure
1: if we'll be. I'm not sure if we'll be back next week, but. uh so potentially the next episode you could be hearing could be our, our draft preview.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, it could be. Yeah.
1: By our draft preview. I mean, I like Craig talk for two hours and uh, <laughs> I talk, about I
0: quietly read comic books. I talk about players that uh, most people don't know or care about. Then they won't care about for another year or two. So that'll be a, uh, that'll be a good time. I will say though, it's, it's a weird, it's a weird year for me in terms of like keeping up with the draft stuff because usually when I haven't been writing like the years, I haven't, and, you know, after Flyers Faithful and before Broad Street hockey, it was pretty easy to just kind of keep track of like guys that are supposed to go in the first round and everything, and kinda of, like spend all your time focused on that after the Flyers were out of the playoffs and everything. But like this year, uh trying to do that and you know, applying for jobs and everything too. Uh it's been kinda of hectic and I, I only get to know about these guys in the later rounds that I'm actually writing about. Like, like I don't I couldn't even tell you who I want the Flyers to take in the first round right now. Like, I know the names. I don't know the nuanced differences between the guys. I actually be like, well, I kind of want to take him at 14. Like, you could throw three names at me. and be like, they all take, they all sound good. I have no idea.
1: So it's yeah. like being at the diner at three in the morning while you're blind drunk.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. This is fine.
1: <laughs> give me food.
0: They're like, hey, do you want chicken farm or a bowl of cereal? And you're like, it was, yes. same difference. Just put it all together.
1: Combine them into chicken chicken parm
0: cereal. <laughs> Honey nut parm. Put it all in a big plate and just throw some orange juice on top and I'll eat it. I don't even care anymore. A, a
1: little chocolate <laughs> syrup would be great, thank you.
0: And a Coke. Can't remember the last time I was drunk in a diner, Steve. It's it's been a while. I'm getting old.
1: That was basically my entire college existence. Yeah, Not college, so much definitely, these days. Yeah. 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 Now nowadays I just go I, I it was like Saturday. I went out for it's a uh, Philly beer week, went out, hit a bunch of places up in the afternoon and then at like eight o'clock got home and I'm like,
0: yeah, I'm pretty tired. Pretty fucking tired. Yeah. I have like five beers now. I'm like, oh man, it's whew, that a long night of drinking. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Getting fucking old as shit.
1: Getting old.
0: Getting dude. old. It's Terrible is it terrible. It's terrible. Maybe
1: maybe Ron Hextall could hear about this and start to accelerate <laughs>
0: the team. Yeah, maybe we should know about the clock out before 2:40. I want to see a, uh want to see a Flyers cup here. When it was called we, quits. We, we got the Phils and we got the Eagles
1: championships in my lifetime now. You're up Flyers. Let's yeah. do this thing. thing um Yeah, but I think we I think that's about that. Yeah, I got nothing. Uh, yeah, if you have any feedback, best place is on twitter.com.org.edu. dot uh, dot You can follow Craig
0: at sports right. are bad dot uh, edu. You can, yeah. <laughs> By the way, I mean sports are bad it might be changing, So if you want to, you know, jump on that, it might be a uh, Craig likes plants soon, or Craig likes hmm. home remodeling. Craig
1: likes Craig likes gardening. Corn is good.
0: <laughs> HG Craig TV something uh, something like that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can follow me. It's Steve uh, NBCSN. No, um, <laughs> it's flyperbole.ca or uh, Esteban. No, it's it's either flyperbole or Bomb. You can follow either one of those flyperbole would be the preferred follow for hockey stuff. And of course, be sure to follow BSH radio, Broad Street Hockey. Good stuff all around. Uh, I'm completely out of gas, guys. But thank you so much for listening. And until next time, as always, good night and good hockey.
0: Hello, everybody. This is
1: Fly Perbole. It is a podcast about hockey. Mostly the Flyers, but also other hockey things. things. Like other hockey teams that play the sport of hockey. Steve, but not Steve Hartnell. And Craig, but not Craig Ruby. No, this isn't all those hockey guys. These are the guys who watch the hockey sport. Yeah! flop,